0: It's good to see you today I am so glad to be back after two weeks of being off of Facebook live we are going to continue today on our series of teachings entitled mind brain connections this is number 109 the 109th lesson that we've done been on this for over two and a half years what we're going to be dealing with today and unpacking today is what does it look like when we have sown seeds into our individual awareness, our feminine principle. They have been conceived there, they've been quickened there, and they automatically begin to change or reprogram the subconscious. What does that look like? That's what we're going to look at today. You know, it is so vitally important for us to understand the importance of this Because I can give you two words that have to do with sowing seeds into the individual awareness that then reprograms the subconscious. And that is effortless living. We live the Christ life effortlessly and consistently. And you see, I think this is what happened when Peter was walking down the street and people were just healed by his shadow those healings took place totally bypassing his awareness. He didn't probably even know who got healed uh, and so forth. He probably had no clue whatsoever. And so what was happening was something was automatically coming out of his subconscious called shadow or aura, or his vibrational frequency was so high that people that came within range or orbit of that frequency instantly received healing bypassed peter's awareness he as i said he probably had no clue who received healing and so forth so what we're going to do is we're going to show how that really looks how does it look like what does it look like when we have sown the truth into our awareness and it has flipped the script of the subconscious and we're no longer being sabotaged by the negative thoughts that are in the subconscious now We've established the fact that we have super-consciousness, that's the right side of the Christ mind. We have individual consciousness or individual awareness, that's the feminine principle of our being. And we also have the subconscious. Now, the first eight years of our life, that is when the subconscious really begins to be programmed. For example, let's say someone said to you, you're stupid, you're ugly, you'll never amount to anything, you'll never be successful that was accompanied with feelings that didn't feel very well. And so when thoughts then are sewed into our individual awareness and they're accompanied by feelings of joy because we receive the truth and revelation, that is when it goes straight to the subconscious and reprograms the subconscious then we can begin to live the Christ life effortlessly, automatically, and consistently. And that's why it's so important for us to understand. You know, when Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. And you see, you don't see a tree in your backyard producing fruit or bearing fruit that wipes its brow and is is working very hard, laboring very hard to produce that fruit or to bear that fruit. It happens effortlessly. And so God, our Father, our Creator, designed our spiritual life to operate just naturally and not have to work it up or call it down or struggle or labor whatsoever. But to live it effortlessly. So many people are waiting to die and go to heaven to experience this. Many are waiting for a so-called rapture to experience this. But we have been equipped with everything that we have need of to live it in the here and now, the lovely here and now. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. It's not so you know so much in the sweet by and by. It's for today. Now I'm not saying that people that go on don't experience that, I'm simply saying. We can live in heaven today. Why? Because we're already seated in the heavenlies in Christ. We are told in Matthew, what sort of things you bind on earth are bound in heaven. Amplified says, what sort of things you bind on earth or tie together are already tied together. So in other words, objectively, we are heaven and earth. Subjectively, we want to tie heaven and earth together and walk in it and experience it and be able to bear fruit that remains. So when we talk about the subconscious being reprogrammed, and it is reprogrammed, when it is reprogrammed, that's when fruit that remains begins to be born in our life. That is when we, as, as, the, as the trees of righteousness, you know, as, as the branches, then bear the fruit. And fruit is on the edge of the branches. That's where you see the most fruit, is on the end of the branches. And he's the vine, we're the branches, yet the same life, the same sap. uh, flows through us and produces and causes us to bear as the branches to bear the fruit and it's effortless it's to be effortless so so this is why this is so important for us to put the proper seed thoughts into our individual awareness you know jesus talked about that in the parable of the sower he talked about sowing the seed into the ground and he likened the ground to the heart awareness he likened the ground to our individual feminine principle into our, into our individual consciousness. So we have the superconsciousness, the Christ mind on the right side, the individual consciousness, which is the feminine principle, and we have the subconscious. What we want to do, as I said, is sow the proper seeds into our individual awareness that will flip the script of the subconscious, and then everything that comes out of the subconscious will just be effortless. It'll be totally effortless see i I believe that paul the apostle in romans chapter 7 when he said that he couldn't do what he wanted to do and he found himself doing what he you know what he wanted to do he couldn't do and all that sort of a struggle he was going through to the point to where he said oh wretched man that i am but when he came into the truth and he planted in romans chapter 8 the truth that there's no condemnation in christ jesus he saw the love of the father for him it reprogrammed his subconscious and he was doing what do after that see so so what happens is we're sabotaged even in our spiritual life we're terribly sabotaged when we have one thing in our individual awareness our individual consciousness but something else in the subconscious so this is why this is so vitally important if we want to bear fruit that remains if we want to live the christ life in an effortless manner then the subconscious must be reprogrammed so that we're not sabotaged all of our life, so that we can effortlessly, without labor, live this spiritual life. Now, what I'm going to do today, as we get into Proverbs chapter 31, we're going to see, and I'm, I'm going to go through the first 13 verses from verses 10 to 22, as uh, just kind of reiterating what we taught on our YouTube series. And I want us to see that this virtuous woman wasn't so much some woman that lived thousands of years ago. But allegorically, it speaks of our individual awareness. And I'm going to give you the short version in Proverbs 31 from verses 10 to 22. And if you want the long version, you can go to the YouTube presentations, number 103. And then, of course, 104 will be up shortly. And you can get the long version. So I'm going to reiterate some things in verses 10 through 22. am going to go through it real quickly. And then we'll finish off the rest of the chapter and I'll give you... Uh, the rest of the chapter in more detail. But let me just say this. What does the word virtuous, as in virtuous woman, what does that word virtuous mean? Well, let me give you several definitions. One is fat. Fat, F-A-T, fat. Now, what is that talking about? Well, it's talking about an awareness that is full of the truth. That's what it's talking about. And you know, Isaiah talked about a fat woman or a fat soul. Now, I don't use the word soul because... I believe that the soul speaks of the whole being. Now, in the whole being is the mind, the will, and the emotions. You know, it says of Adam that he became a living soul. He was a living soul. A living being is what it really says in the Hebrew. So so I don't use the word soul too much because I realize that talks about the whole being. Yet in the whole being is the mind, will, and emotions. But the soul is not merely or just the mind, the will, and the emotions. So that's why I use the word awareness. So virtuous, that word means fat. It means excellent. You see, when we sow the truth into our individual awareness, it becomes an, it becomes an excellent consciousness or an excellent individual awareness. It means rare. It's very rare for people to have the truth sown into their awareness. Very rare. It means clear. They have a clear word. It means, It means heavy. Now, one of the meanings for glory is heavy, but another meaning for the glory of God is the view and the opinion of God. So once we get the view and the opinion of God sewn into our feminine principle, our individual awareness, and it's conceived there and it's quickened there, then it will begin to go to work on the subconscious and rewrite the script of the subconscious and put the truth into the subconscious to where what flows out is fruit that remains rather than fruit that's here today and gone tomorrow. So the two words, the reason this is so important, to understand that we must sell the truth into our awareness, it will reprogram the subconscious. I can give you the meaning of this or what will happen in two words, and that is effortless living. I don't know anyone who does not want to, at least if they know a little bit, who does not want to live the Christ life effortlessly rather than struggling and fighting and laboring and trying to work it up and call it down and that sort of a thing. So let me go through verses 10 through 22, again, the short version. If you want the long version, go to YouTube, number 103, and you can get the long version there. But I want to begin reading in verse 10. And we'll read on down quickly to verse 22. And I'm going to give you about one or two meanings for each of those verses, and then we'll move on to verse 23. Notice verse 10, and this is where the virtuous woman begins to be described. It says in verse 10, Who can find... A virtuous woman in other words she's rare to see a person that has sown the truth into their individual awareness is rare they have to be discerned so who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies in other words that conscious awareness that individual awareness is priceless it's rare and it is priceless to find people that have sown the truth into their feminine principle which then has automatically reprogrammed the subconscious. Verse 11 says, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. In other words, when we sow from our husband, from the Christ, from our masculine principle, the Christ mind, when we sow those seeds of truth into our individual consciousness or our individual awareness, then nothing is going to be wasted. And that's what it's talking about there in verse 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her that she'll have no need of spoil. In other words, God has graced us with all things. We're blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly Christ. We've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. He is all in all, y'all. So we lack nothing. But now listen, if we're just about flying away, if we're just about going by the way of the grave, we've wasted something. We haven't utilized that which he has placed within us and given unto us and enabled us with because we haven't used it in this life. So it says that her husband trusts her that nothing is going to be wasted. No spoil, nothing is wasted. In other words, we utilize the blessing and that which God has given us. Verse 12 goes on to say, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. What is that talking about? It's talking about the fact that an awareness that has had the truth sown into us, and even beyond that has reprogrammed the subconscious, will never misrepresent or misinterpret the Christ, the husband, the right side. But will realize that to live life to the fullest, to live the Christ life effortlessly, we have to realize the importance of sowing the seed from the Christ mind into our individual awareness and that's what verse 12 is talking about she'll do him good and not evil all the days of her life then verse 14 verse 13 excuse me says she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands now hands speaks of ministry and the wool here simply is talking about the righteousness the truth about our righteousness sown into our awareness and the flax is speaking about the grace and I believe there's a scripture in Matthew 12 or somewhere around Matthew chapter 12 talking about Jesus. And he, says, he does, it says there he doesn't quench smoking flax. What is that talking about? He doesn't put people down when they're already down. And so this is talking in verse 13 about ministry that has been developed within us once we've sown that proper seed of truth into our individual awareness what do we do? We, we're clothed with the righteousness of God. We see that we've always been righteousness from before time. We just didn't know it. We weren't experiencing it subjectively. And it's a ministry that has been sown within a people but has to do with seeking the flax or the grace of God. And so this is talking about the ministry within us being based upon the truth that has been sown from the right side into the individual awareness that acknowledges that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and we have always been and that acknowledges the grace of God which has always been. We can see grace from Genesis to Revelation. Jesus didn't bring the grace necessarily. What he did was he exposed the lies concerning grace in his death But in his resurrection, he revealed the truth about grace. But grace has always been here. And the people have always had the grace of God. Maybe not in the way that we're experiencing it now. But what happened is when we came here, we got amnesia. We forgot because we embraced religion that told us the very opposite of what the truth really was. And so we embraced that. And so Jesus goes to the cross. Man killed him. God didn't send him there. It's not penal substitution. God didn't need to be a peace. He wasn't bloodthirsty. He didn't need blood. But what happened was mankind killed him. The religious people killed him. And as a result, the veil was rent in our awareness. And in his resurrection, the truth was revealed. One of the meanings of truth is to gather our faculties. That happens in the skull. He was crucified on Golgotha, meaning the skull. Another meaning of resurrection is the discovery of spiritual truth we discovered the truth that was the truth all along then it goes on in verse 14 and it says she is like the merchant ships now we're talking about an awareness that has received the truth and a subconscious that has been reprogrammed so verse 14 says she is like the merchant's ships she brings her food from afar now it's interesting this word merchants is kind of a strange has kind of a strange meaning but it means to pant, to palpate, to run after him, to desire him. So it says she is like one that pants after the right side of the superconsciousness or the Christ mind. She pants after him and she brings her food from afar or she brings her food from the realm of spirit. Then verse 15 goes on to say, she riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. So she rises while it's yet night, meaning it doesn't matter how that religiosity is in the darkness, is blinded, is involved in all kind of false concepts and ideas and religiosity. She has a new day every single solitary day. So that's what it says there. She rises while it is night she doesn't pay any attention to all the religiosity out there she has a new day every day in her awareness there's always a fresh truth that is revealed to her and then it goes on to say she gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens what does that mean when we've sowed the proper truth into our conscious awareness our individual awareness we have keen discernment and we know when we can give people meat and we know when we better just back off a little bit and give them a little milk rather than choke them with the, the meat of the word. And so this is why again it's so important for us to sow proper seed truths into our individual awareness because it gives us it gives us that discernment and we know how far to go when we're ministering to people. We know what we can say, we know what we should just kind of hold back on and give a little give a little meat instead or a little milk instead of just meat. Verse 16 then says, She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand she planteth a vineyard. Now, notice that. She, uh, she considereth a field. How does she con- What is a field? The field is the world. How does she consider the world? Reconciled. They may not know it yet, and they may not be subjectively experiencing it yet, but objectively, all mankind have been saved. Ephesians 1 4 tells us that, 2 Timothy 1 9, and other verses of Scripture. Objectively, all are in Christ. They just don't know it, so they can't walk in it. They can't experience it. You can only experience what you know. You shall know the truth. See? It's not truth that sets you free or makes you free. You shall know the truth, and then that truth will make you free. So she considers the world. She sees them as reconciled. And then it says that she buys. Notice that. She buys, she sees the world, she considereth the field, and she buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand, she planteth a vineyard. So what does it mean to buy? It means to teach that all are saved, that all are reconciled. And to wake them up to that truth so that they can walk in that and experience it within their life. No, you know, people just don't understand. It's not that all are not saved. You know, someone says that's universalism. No, it's not. It's the Bible. It's in the scripture. All are objectively saved. All are objectively in Christ. All are objectively reconciled. But if they don't know that, they can't subjectively experience it. So we need to wake them up to that. And that's what this verse 16 is talking about. Then in verse 17, it says, she girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. Now, this is a very interesting verse. Loins speak of reproduction. And of course, we know that Peter talked about the loins of our mind. So loins speak of reproduction, but the word strength there in verse 17, where it says she she strengtheneth her arms, it means to ooze with life. To ooze with life. So, in other words, reproduction. See, God reproduced in us already. We just bear the fruit. So she's come to the realization that her Creator has reproduced everything that she'll ever have need of. And what does she do? She stirs that up. She awakens to that understanding so that then she, as a tree of righteousness, as the branches, can bear the fruit and ooze. With the life. And that's what that is talking about there. Strength means to ooze with life. And then verse 18 says, She perceiveth not that her merchandise is good, or she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. So, what is that talking about? She knows she has the goods. Now, let me say this, and I'm not saying this in any prideful way, but when we have spent time and we have meditated and we've sown the seed of truth into our awareness and it begins to reprogram the subconscious, we know that we have the goods and that we can give it out to people and that we can cause them to gather their faculties. We can cause them to discover the truth that has always been true about them. Once we once we understand the truth that has been quickened and conceived within our awareness subconscious has been reprogrammed at least to a degree we know that we then have the goods and that we can give it out and that we can minister to people that's going to make a difference in their lives verse 19 she layeth her hands to the spindle she layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff isn't that interesting she layeth her hands to the spindle She layeth her hands to the spindle. Very interesting because spindle means direction. She has direction in her life. And she layeth her hands to the distaff. And the distaff means something has been planted. Something has been planted. So you see, in her ministry, something has been planted, which has given her direction within her life. And then verse 20 says, She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. What is that talking about? It's talking about the poor in spirit. And that's what Jesus said. People would be fed that are poor in spirit. People that are needy in spirit. In other words, they know that they need some direction in their life. They know that they need the truth delivered to them in their life. And then it goes on to say in verse 21, she's not afraid of the snow. What is the snow referring to? Well, every snowflake is different. And so what is she doing? Because she's sown the truth into her awareness, it's reprogrammed her subconscious. She's very good at celebrating diversity. She's very good at celebrating people that are different than her. In other words, she, she's glad that people are different. Wouldn't it be a sad world to live in if everyone was like you or like me? It'd be horrible. We need to celebrate one another's uniqueness and our, our diversity that we have. Then in verse 22, it says, He maketh, or she maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Now, the coverings of tapestry represent what flows out of her. You know, when Paul said, put on the mind of Christ, it means to slip into like you slip into a garment. So clothing here, clothing of tapestry, is what flows out of her as a result of bringing the truth into her individual awareness. And then it says she's clothed with royalty and with silk. And, of course, royalty speaks of a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The silk, which means white, speaks of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, she has developed that within her by bringing it into her individual awareness. And so that gives us the first 13 verses from verse 10 on to verse 22. Now we will begin in greater detail with verse 23. We'll pick up with verse 23. But let me say once again, and just reiterate this, why is it so important for us to sow truths into our individual awareness, have it quickened and conceived there? Because that is what is going to begin to reprogram then the subconscious. And what is the secret to having the subconscious reprogrammed? The secret is effortless living. The secret is fruit that remains in a deeper sense. Now, I know our individual awareness is a projector. It projects things out into manifestation. But when the subconscious is reprogrammed, there'll be no sabotaging of that which our projector projected out. There is some fruit that remains in the individual awareness, but there's greater fruit that remains, and it's more consistent and it's more effortless fruit once the subconscious has been reprogrammed once we flip the script and we begin to see that the subconscious is totally and completely reprogrammed now let's go to verse 23 and pick up here now notice what it says here in verse 23 her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land in other words our right side is known to be the preeminent part And rest, because notice he sitteth among the elders in the land. So our right side is that preeminent part, and we rest in authority among the mature once that has been quickened. Once the individual awareness has received the word that has been conceived and quickened within us, and then the subconscious is reprogrammed, then what happens? People know that we're mature. People know that the preeminent part of us is our right side, the superconsciousness or our Christ mind. Now, let me quote a scripture to you concerning this. In Isaiah 11, verses 10 and 11 in the Amplified, it says, Cry aloud and shout joyfully, you women and inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. In other words, he is known in the gates or in the city or in the individual, individual awareness or individual consciousness. What is known? What is known is that the two, the masculine principle and the feminine principle, have now become one. And it's not so much the left and the right, but the two have become one wedded together. And what comes out is spiritual intellect. What comes out is spiritual reasoning. What comes out is everything on the left side that has yielded to the right side has now been spiritualized. The two have become one, and our intellect is now spiritual. Our reasoning is now spiritual. See, Isaiah said, come, let us reason together. Our logic is even spiritual logic because the two have become one. And then beyond that, the subconscious begins to be reprogrammed, and we begin to flow in a greater sense out of the effortless living. Christ is manifested effortlessly not trying to work it up or call it down, not laboring or struggling whatsoever. But when the script is flipped of the subconscious, then it becomes effortless living. That's why this is so important, folks. Now, listen to verse 24, Proverbs 31. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. The Amplified says she makes fine linen garments and leads others to buy them. She delivers to the merchant's girdles or sashes that free one up for service. So our awareness works in righteousness. And the word selleth here, because fine linen there in that verse is righteousness. Our awareness works in righteousness. We've had that quickened within our individual awareness, our feminine principle. And then it says, she selleth these girdles. Selleth means to surrender or to yield. So that's what we've been talking about, yielding the left side, surrendering the left side to the right side. So now when people, when people buy them, what are they doing? They're yielding to the right side. They're yielding to the right side of their righteousness. They're yielding to the right side of the Christ mind. They're not fighting to establish their own righteousness. Isaiah said that our own righteousness is as filthy rags unto the Lord. And then the word merchants there, it says she delivereth girdles to the merchants. Merchants there, just as in verse 14 we found out, means to pant. It means to to palpate. It means to travel. In other words, when we buy the truth about righteousness and we surrender to that truth, that is when our hearts really begin to desire to pant after him even more. In other words, the more we do it, the more we want to do it. And then it says there, notice that she delivers girdles. So in other words, a quickened awareness delivers a word that holds things together for people. What is a girdle? Well, a girdle is something that, you know, holds things in. In the Old Testament, the high priest would wear what was called a sash, but it was really a curious girdle. And remember, the high priest had three layers of clothing on, and the curious girdle or the sash is what held all three layers together. So we need to put a girdle on our awareness. Why? To hold things in, to hold things together. And then we'll really begin to be established as never before. Then verse 25 says, Strength and honor are her clothing. That's the clothing of the awareness, strength and honor. And she shall rejoice in time to come. So everything that she's aware of and ministers to others is what clothes her it's perfect it's regal it's elegant it's excellent it's royal you see and she has no fear whatsoever that anything that she ministers to the people that she ministers to is not going to bear fruit. And eventually she's going to see the fruit of her labor in those that she has ministered to. And she's going to rejoice. It says there in the end, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She's going to rejoice because they are now bearing fruit that remains as well. Verse 26, she opened up her mouth with wisdom And her tongue is the law, in her tongue is the law of kindness. The Amplified says, she opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness, giving counsel and instruction. So what is this wisdom? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 talks about the preaching of the cross being the power of God. And then it talks about the preaching of the cross being the wisdom of God. And we know that it is because his death, what did it do? It rent the veil in us. It rent the veil in the temple. But it rent the veil in us, the temple. In other words, it exposed the lies that we had embraced. And his resurrection revealed the truth that had always been the truth of us. And notice it says it's called a law, the law of kindness. And the word law can mean life. The life of kindness is what flowed out of her. So a quickened awareness ministers in wisdom. And wisdom is beyond mere knowledge, but wisdom can take the word of God like a millstone ministry in Revelation where it talks about a millstone ministry is cast into the sea, and what does it do? It destroys Babylon or it destroys confusion. And a millstone ministry is one that has received the understanding and can break it down in minute bite-sized pieces so that people can assimilate it. So it's not... Over their head, so that they can assimilate it and not only assimilate it, but then walk in it subjectively, experience it. But notice in the Amplified, it said there in that verse that she opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom. So, in other words, there is a skill that must be developed in explaining the gospel. In explaining the gospel, we have to have a skill to be able to break it down, and that comes from understanding. And the Amplified there stated that she worked willing, willingly with her hands or, his, or her ministry to develop it. You know, it's, it's one thing to say a person is gifted to do something. I have a granddaughter that I believe she was gifted in playing the piano. But guess what? She worked hard at that, to develop that. And so you can be a gifted, anointed teacher, but you still have to work hard to develop it. You have to seek for the understanding. You have to meditate on the truth so that understanding can come beyond just mere head knowledge. And when the understanding comes, then you're a millstone minister and you can break it down and people can experience it. Verse 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. The Amplified says she looks well to how things go in her household And the bread of idleness, of gossip and discontent and self-pity, she will not eat. In other words, she's alert. She's spiritually awake. And you see, she has this understanding. She's sensitive spiritually. She has keen discernment. She won't take things into herself that's merely from the left side in and of itself. And notice the word idleness there. In the Hebrew, it means slothful or slack. She's not a a slacker. She's not slothful. She's not a run-of-the-mill, goody-two-shoe Christian, keeping all the rules and the regulations. But a word has been conceived within her feminine principle and has been quickened there, and she refuses to give energy to the negative things as a result of what has been quickened within her. Verse 28, almost finished here, verse 28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. So the quickened word... That manifested as fruit reveals that she is blessed in her life. Her husband, the Christ within her, exalts her because she's bearing the fruit of their intercourse. And we'll see later on that she's praised. You know, our Father praises us. You know, we talk about praising God, praising God. He exalts us. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 talks about being exalted. He promotes us. Psalm 75, 6 and 7. So not only is she blessed in and of herself, but she is the blessing. Now, you know, the Ark of the Covenant that was in in the temple or in the tabernacle of Moses, there were two cherubim on either side. And it's interesting that the cherubim, one of the meanings there, means blessers, blessers, apprehended ones, divine imaginaries, or the divine imagination, which we're going to teach on next. We're going to teach on incorporating the divine imagination and feeling the feel of it is done. But those two cherubim represent blessers. So not only is she blessed and she knows she's blessed, but she also, everywhere she goes, she blesses people. That's all she does. She just blesses people. Verse 29, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excelleth them all. Just like the Shulamite in comparison to the daughters of Jerusalem. The Shulamite excelled them all. Now the time came that they saw what was flowing out of the Shulamite And they went to the Shulamite and said, we want to know your beloved too. What we minister as a result of that which has been quickened in our individual awareness and reprogrammed in our subconscious, what flows out of us effortlessly is going to cause people to be drawn, not into us per se, but unto the Christ. See, Romans chapter 8 says the whole creation is on tiptoe, looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. It's a people like I'm describing today. So you see, verse 28 there could be seen as many in the church that have done good, but how many know there's good, better, and best? Sears has good, better, and best, right? Or they used to have good, better, and best. So there's a people who press a little bit more. They're like Ruth. Ruth was something. Her name means something to see. Esther means a star. So the picture of this is Esther, a star, the picture of this is ruth something to see and the whole creation is seeing something flow out of a people in manifestation effortlessly because they've sown the right seed into their individual awareness it's reprogrammed the subconscious and they are living the christ life effortlessly consistently and effortlessly verse 30 verse 30 favor is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman that feareth the lord an awareness that has been quickened and has conception, has had the seed conceived, a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Now where does one fear or reverence the Lord? The only place we fear the Lord or reverence the Lord is in the feminine principle. We reverence our husband. We reverence the Christ. Now what the first part of this verse is conveying where it says favor is deceitful is that it's deceitful for us to prefer people or, or live our life being very partial toward people. You know, one of the meanings of partiality in the Greek means to separate thoroughly, play favoritism, and proclivity. And what really nips that in the bud, see, because we're to love all people, that doesn't mean we have to get, get close and intimate with everyone, but we're to love all people. And where it says in 1 Timothy 5.21, without preferring people, and another place it says without partiality, the thing that will nip that in the bud, the partiality and playing favorites to people will simply be as we understand that all people are already in Christ, all people objectively objectively are reconciled, all people are objectively saved. That will nip that in the bud real quickly and we'll get rid of the us and them mentality real quick. And so... As I close today, the last verse says, verse 31, Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her, notice, in the gates. So in other words, she or our individual awareness projects out the full manifestation of what developing our ministry, which is his ministry, has conceived and quickened within our feminine part That brings forth where it says, give her of the fruit of her hands. What is that talking about? She is praised by seeing the fruit in other people that has come out of his fruit, which has become her fruit. And she is promoted, as it says there, let her own works praise her in the gates. And the fruit that remains then has become a rejoicing and has become a praise unto her. So this is why, folks, it is so important for us to realize the importance of sowing the proper seed thoughts into our feminine principle, our individual consciousness or awareness, whatever you want to call it, which will then automatically begin to reprogram the subconscious so that we can live the Christ life effortlessly so that we can have fruit that remains consistently So that we as the trees of righteousness can bear the fruit of God, the fruit of Christ, without laboring, without trying to make something happen, but it will just automatically happen. And exactly, I believe this is exactly where Paul was in Romans 7. His subconscious was full yet of legalism and rules and rituals. So he was sabotaged. What he wanted to do, he couldn't. What he didn't want to do, he found himself doing. And he he called himself a wretched man. Finally, when he comes into Romans chapter 8 and he realized the love of the Father for him and there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, what happened? The subconscious was reprogrammed and then he could begin to do what he did. Because listen, many times our subconscious will override our will, that which we want to do. It'll override our will. And when we want to go a certain direction, we'll find ourselves going the very opposite direction. And I believe, again, this is what happened with Peter. The subconscious just began to activate and manifest, and again, he didn't even know who was healed by the emanation of his shadow. People were just healed on the left and the right, and he he had no control over that in his will in and of itself. It just happened effortlessly and naturally. So this is why it's so important, folks, that we see the importance of sowing the proper seed, like Jesus said in the parable of the sower and the sower, sow the truth into our ground, the ground of our individual awareness, which will then reprogram the subconscious, and then we'll begin to live this life effortlessly. We'll live the Christ life without struggle, without labor, but it'll, it'll just flow out of us. And that's what we all want. We want it to just flow, effortlessly flow out of our life. So I trust you enjoyed this today. Thank you so much for joining me and watching this. And uh, we will see you next week at the same place, same time. Well, not sure. We might start our services in Portland next week. So it could be from the Portland gathering there. But if not, it'll be here in my home one more time. Thank you again for watching. Bless you. I love you. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.